Hey y'all, it's Lily here. Uh, just a heads up, we made some mistakes in the next episode recording and didn't realize that with our current schedule it'd be impossible for you to go ahead and send in questions for our season finale episode. Uh, basically, what's going to go on is next week we're doing the episodes 19 and 20, and then the week after that, what we're going to be doing is we're going to be covering all of season one of Bleach, and we're going to be kind of going over what we liked, what we didn't like, maybe recapping a bit. And then what we'd like to do is we'd like to get some questions from you and maybe answer them, um, see what we can do. Uh, the email is at the end of the show. Please send them into the email. I'll also be posting this like in the proper channels and on the Twitter. Just wanted to get the word out like in a time where you can actually send in questions. All right, thanks. Enjoy the show. Where we've uh, fallen into uh, to exclusively baseball. We are currently watching as season two is finally, finally coming to a full close. We have a minute and thirty seconds until season three begins. Namely, until we know what season three is. The champions are the Philly Pies this week. Uh, that makes their second championship win, which does make them the like. They could ascend next week if they win another season. Yeah, Jesus Christ. I I actually haven't... I, I wasn't around for season one, so I didn't know they won season one. They could ascend next week. What what would the chances be of that happening, like, literally first three seasons? I mean, they've got Assault... They have Jessica Telephone, so, you know... They do have good. Jessica Telephone. <laughs> Honestly, let's be real. They have Jessica Telephone, so odds are not that bad. Although, with some of the blessings that are going to get dropped, they could get, uh, Jessica Telephone might be moving to a different team. God, I'm hoping so. Let's get Jessica Telephone on the fucking garages. 20 seconds. Yeah, I just have no idea if anything's going to, like, actually happen, or if I'm going to need to refresh and then be locked out. <laughs> Here, let's find out. da 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 Well. Baseball God's Day. Uh, Peanut Plague. Peanut Plague? Vote for Ariana Ariana Grande to win at the VMAs now. Uh Uh-huh. Placeball God's Day. Welcome to Placeball. The season will begin soon. Check the election page. Alright, let's check the election page. It's Peanut Plague. The results are in. First strike came in. Uh, The four teams are chosen. 
Fourth strike is granted to the New York Millennials, Kansas City Breathments, the Hellmouth Sunbeams, and the San Francisco level Lovers. May the fourth strike save the ball. And pe- peanuts? Peanuts, get your peanuts? peanuts. What does Go this get mean? Your no one knows, but everyone voted. Notice it it has more votes than the fourth strike. So peanuts was the top voted for election <laughs> result. Alright, let's check these blessings. We've got seduction. The Hades Tigers stole the best hitter in the league, Jessica Telephone, from the Philly Pies. They sent back Sophia Parson. No! We lost Sophia! Hades Tiger come back. <laughs> oh no. Lynn! Lynn, your fan art is already out of date. Yeah, your fan Sophia art's already moved on to the missed. pies. Uh, the rack. Improve the Philly Pies defense by 15%. Alright. Keep going. (laughs) Blood sacrifice. The Philly Pies were boosted to the top of the tiebreakers. Oh, fuck. Fuck off. How are the Philly Pies getting all these blessings? I don't know. Defection. The Canada Moist Talkers stole the best pitcher in the league, Polka Dot Patterson, from the Baltimore Crabs. They sent back Oliver, not a robot. Not our good, not our beautiful, good, good skin boy. Oh my god! How could we lose our beautiful, good, good skin boy? This changes no. everything. Yes, please improve the Charleston Shoe Thieves hitting by ten percent. All right, pseudo thumbs improve the Seattle Garages pitching by ten percent. Gunblade bat York Silks hitting stats were maxed out on the Fridays. Soul swap randomized the pitching stats for the. For New York Millennials' worst player, Theodore Cervantes, uh, <laughs> 0.5 to 3.5. Finn Doyle is 0.5 to 2. Richardson Games is 1 to 2. Oh my god, the Millennials just got like a huge buff. Yeah, holy shit. Winnie McCall from 1 to 3. Next season Conrad is gonna Bond be fucking from 1. something. 1.5 to 2.5. Wind Sprints improved the Kansas City Breathman's base running by 15%. Literal arm cannon. Axel Trollolol's pitching stats were maxed out. Performance enhancing demons improved the San Francisco lovers overall by 8%. And bloodlust. Kichiro Guerrero's hitting stats were maxed out. Damn. We have some changes this next season of Blaseball. Jesus Christ. I'm a little sad that they didn't do the, um, that it wasn't the steals before, uh, after the improvements, because that would have been hilarious. That would have been really funny. Oh my god. This changes everything. We lost our beautiful cat girl, but welcome to the team, Jessica. Jessica fits right into the tigers, honestly. That jacket is going to look so good on her. Honestly. Okay, I have finished downing my Red Bull. I don't know if I'll... I don't know if I can keep... Honestly, I do not know if I can keep supporting the Canada Moist Talkers. Jessica possessed by violence will be so powerful. Oh my god, yeah. Maybe you should, uh, I don't know, switch to the garages? Or I could switch to a good team. Okay, but if enough of us get behind the... If enough of us get behind the garages, maybe they'll eventually be good. I don't know. The Tigers look pretty good right now. Sam, please. 
Don't leave me here alone. Hello. You put yourself there in the first place. Hello, I'm I'm Lily. Uh, I'm the lone garages fan. <laughs> I'm Sam, the moist talkers representative. Tigers are so good, Sam. Every match is so clutch. We. Uh, I just. I'm scared. I'm scared. I need the garages to be good. Well, they're 10% better now. At least their pitching is. So Lily, hype up your team, come on. Garages! Ten day! Fuck. I already screwed up the chant. I'm not... Listen. Okay. I... I have had a fucking weekend. Uh, my partner Cedric moved in. I... I watched... All the Batman vs. Superman extended cut yesterday. Um, that was the second time I've seen that movie. I saw it in theaters. Don't ask why I watched it a second time. Uh, Jesus Christ. I also played Thick as a Brick on Rock Band, and that song is 40 minutes long. Congratulations on one of these things. My condolences for another. <laughs> and then a second set of condolences are in order. <laughs> I, I'm your co-host, Lily. And I'm your co-host, Sam. I'm your sometimes ghost, sometime robot, always co-host, Lynn. I'm so glad we have Lynn here, and I'm so glad the robot is here. Do y'all want to just hop into the episode, or we got some homework to do first? Well, maybe we should at least say that this is It'll Wash Out, a Bleach Rewatch podcast. Fuck, you're right. L- listen... Again, it has been a weekend. This is It'll Wash Out of Bleach One of these po- days. <laughs> we're professional podcasters. We we know what we're doing. This is It'll Wash Out of Bleach Rewatch podcast, and also the third time we've said this is It'll Wash Out of Bleach Rewatch podcast. <laughs> we, uh, we, we watch Bleach, we write summaries, we, we, we read the summaries, and, and we talk about Bleach. It's... That's how it works. You've been you've been here probably for the past eight episodes. I'm sure you know how this is going. Can you believe we've been doing this for nine fucking weeks? We also talk about baseball now. We do also talk about baseball now. The uh, world's biggest cultural event. We are all of baseball. It is, it is like a strange for- slash fortunate coincidence that the timing for baseball is such that. It's literally, like, the elections happen the minute that we've decided is our, like, let's start recording time. That's just how things go, I guess. The commissioner is doing a great job. Guys, everybody go tell the commissioner they're doing a great job, please. <laughs> I I can't believe the election ends right when our podcast starts. Like, it, it's fate. We, we will talk about baseball. Probably weekly now. I'm sorry. If y'all aren't baseball fans, like, and, like, this gets some sort of adverse reaction, like, I can at least start putting, like, timestamps. The baseball gods favor us now that I've sold my soul to them. Yeah, Lynn's art has gotten, like, on the wiki for, like, baseball. It's pretty amazing. Go check out Lynn's art. Lynn has good art, and the Hades Tigers are a great team. They certainly got further than my team. Yeah, mine too. So we are in the garages. The garages are a great team. Dende is like the best hitter in the league. And the moist talkers. 
I, 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 who cares about the moist talkers? Let's be honest. You're genuine garbage. <laughs> sorry, is about Sam. love. I'm sorry, Sam. I, I, I should be more sportsman, sportsman-like. Be, listen, sportsmanship has no place in sports. <laughs> if the appreciation of sports. Baseball is about friendship. Uh, Sam, I think you mean sports. True. All right, maybe we should. Uh... It's pronounced splorts. That is the best pronunciation for that word. Splorts. <laughs> hold on, hold on. I, I just. Splorts. <laughs> what in the fuck are you? What the? What did you just post in this chat, Sam? Jean-Christophe Napoleon Bonaparte and Arthur Mornington, Marquess of Douro, are investment, manager, investment managers in rival private equity firms in London. Their ancestors famously clashed at the Battle of Waterloo in 1815. What does this have to do with anything? Romeo and Juliet. About as much as baseball has to do with Bleach. Let's just get started on episode 17. You're right, you're right. We've wasted enough time on baseball. I'm sorry, fans. Episode 17. Wait, 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 fuck. Before we start, Sam's also going to be doing the episode 18 summary this week. Uh, I, again, didn't have enough time because I was helping my partner move in and then I got roped into watching Batman v Superman, which was partially my idea, and I'm terrible. I'm sorry. Episode 17. Ichigo dies. Renji turns off his shikai as Ichigo falls to his knees, bleeding from his shoulder. This is the difference in our strength, he says. He explains that Zanpakuto changed shape and size depending on the wielder's spiritual energy. Rukia watches as Renji decides it's time to head out. She had hoped this would be enough for Ichigo to realize the power difference between them. She admits to herself she knew he wouldn't give up, and Renji asks if Ichigo is ready. Rukia mentally screams for Ichigo to run, but he remains immobile as Renji rushes in for the final blow. Rukia stops him, and Renji asks if she wants to make things worse for herself as Ichigo begins to rise, hand on sword. Rukia, like, jumping up onto, like, the back of Renji's neck and just holding his arm back looks so cool. Let's so fight! <laughs> I'm glad they let Rukia fight, like, at least a little bit this episode. I wish it were more, but, like, it was at least a little bit. Also, we didn't spend a we didn't spend a bunch of time on it last time, but like Zapimaru's design fucking owns. <laughs> like its trend, its its Shikai state looks really fucking cool. Yeah, I fucking I've always loved Zabimaru, and like anytime I ever went to like an anime world or something at the mall because like I was that kind of teen, like I always wanted to buy like one of the Zabimaru replicas they had there, but I was also a broke teen. Shocked by this, Renji throws off Rukia, claiming it's no fun to kill someone who can't move. He tells Ichigo to fight hard and die, while Rukia continues to tell him to run. The tassels on Ichigo's Zanpakuto begin to move, and then break as he releases a huge amount of energy, shocking Renji. The two clash, and Renji is astonished at how much power Ichigo is giving off despite being on the verge of death just moments ago. This part's so fucking cool! Like, I complained a lot about it the fighting last week, but this is, like, this entire sequence is really, really cool. It's nothing super flashy, and it's, like, just the right amount of, like, 
Ichigo looking really badass. The thing I like about this, I, I really like how it symbolized that the power is increasing by, like, his tassels starting to, like, flow, and then they just snap. And that's cool. That's cool. It is, as they say, the good shit. <laughs> Ichigo gets cocky, stating Renji's movements are slower, while Renji notes that Ichigo has actually gotten faster. The fight continues, and eventually Renji feels another surge of energy from Ichigo, wondering how high it can go. Ichigo hurdles towards him, but suddenly his Zanpakuto is missing its blade. He looks around in shock to find that Byakuya is holding the blade before dropping it all on the ground and gripping his own Zanpakuto. This scene was a lot to take in. It's, I, I, I like this, but also I thought it was really funny that like Byakuya was just holding like this huge ass blade in one hand. <laughs> yeah, he's just like he's still standing exactly where he was previously. It's just now he's also holding most of Ichigo's sword by his <laughs> fingertips, and it's like. Over course of, like, this this fight, you're like, huh, Ichigo's, like, going on and on about how he doesn't feel pain right now and shit. Like, is he going to berserk himself to death? <laughs> but, like, the, the question goes from, is Ichigo going to push himself to death trying to fight Renji? To, oh, oh, holy shit. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah, for real. Ichigo prepares for this, but Byakuya is much too fast, appearing next to Ichigo and attacking faster than he can even comprehend. Ichigo looks down at his chest as blood spurts from a new wound, falling to the ground. Byakuya tells him he's slow, even when he falls. Rukia calls out as Byakuya stabs Ichigo again. Renji notes that Byakuya is still incredible after all this time. He even had to strain his eyes to follow the second attack. Couldn't even tell what happened the first time. I love this. Like, it, it really sets up Byakuya as just, like, so fucking strong. That, like, Renji, who we already know is strong because he was beating the shit out of Ichigo, couldn't even, like, comprehend the first attack? That's good shit. Yeah, he's like, oh, I completely missed that. Like, I, I wasn't prepared. I didn't even know what happened until I saw the blood. You're like, what the fuck, my dude? <laughs> and, like, the shot of, like, Byakuya walking past Ichigo, like, slowly, like... You can tell, like, he's attacking just by, like, the fact of, like, what happens in the episode, but you never see him draw the sword or anything, and I think that just adds to the coolness factor of it. Yeah, like, at best, you see his hand touch the hilt, and that's it. <laughs> and, like, at best. Actually, I think you don't even, I think you don't even see his hand on the hilt. You only see his other hand holding the sheath. Yeah, I think that's the case. Renji wonders about Ichigo's power surge, and Byakuya asks what's wrong. Renji tells him he didn't need any help with someone at Ichigo's strength level, but Byakuya insists that if he had just sat around, he'd get rusty. Renji stops Rukia from running to Ichigo, telling her that just touching him would add 20 years to her sentence, and Rukia states she's the one who got him involved in this. She's the reason Ichigo is going to die. She asks what's wrong with her going to him now if that's the case. That line is so heart-wrenching, because it's like, hey, fuck you, I caused this, I made, like, I, it made the situation happen that is going to kill him, I owe him this much at least, even if it's going to give me another, an extra 20 years. And you're like, damn. <laughs> and then they add, like, a layer of mystery to it, because Byakuya, like, is like, I understand, he sure does look a lot like him. 
And, like, it adds enough that, like, Rukia's reaction to Byakuya saying this is enough to tell you that there are big emotional stakes here. But also, it adds a layer of, who the hell is he talking about? What's going on here? That, like, just slightly characterizes Rukia a bit more. And I like that a lot. Yeah, I think we get we get glimpses of it during the Grand Fisher fight. Like, when she's... Um... When she's getting that flashback that talks about, like, the different kinds of fights and one is to protect people, one is to protect honor and that kind of stuff. Like, the person who's fighting, like, you don't see them entirely, but the parts that you see are similar to Ichigo. So I think that's the person that they're talking about. But yeah, like, Byakuya this entire time has been just this, it like, this complete stonewall. This, like, absolutely stoic uh, feat, like emotionless guy and then he's like oh yeah no i completely understand the emotional reaction you're having it makes sense and she's like oh shit it really does like beg the question whether or not biakia actually cares about his sister or not uh at this point at least it's kind of hard to tell ichigo reaches out and grabs the hem of biakia's garment ecking biakia on Byakuya says that Ichigo must not want that arm, and Rukia kicks his arm off the hem, surprising both of them. She recalls the time they spent together, and then talks as if she has decided that he is no longer her friend. How dare you touch my brother, she says, and promises that she's learned from her sins. Ichigo totally buys the performance she's giving, and Renji tells him to give up and die. Rukia says that they should just leave him there so he can die. Ichigo attempts to get up, but Rukia orders him to stay down and live, as she'll never forgive him if he comes after her. This entire scene is like, like, because we, we see the slideshow of Rukia's memories, and then when she tells him, like, hey, you're going to die, but stay there and, at, like, at least have the dignity to stay there and stay alive as long as you possibly can, so that you can die, like, a couple of seconds later than if you actually touched my brother again. But her eyes are just so full of pain and the kind of look on the verge of tears. And just like, oh man, it must be killing her to say this. Yeah, it. it's a really good scene. Like, overall, I just, I really do like Rukia's characterization this, this episode. Also, apologies if you hear cat noises. Bobo is not leaving me alone. But I assume our viewers will not mind hearing a bit of purring. He, he is stepping on the laptop. Okay. Byakuya agrees to leave him behind, and explains he's already shattered the vital spots of his soul, meaning that he should die within the hour. Even if Ichigo somehow lives, he will no longer have the powers of a soul reaper. Renji opens a gate to soul society, and the three walk through. Rukia looks back one last time at Ichigo. Bobo is now directly right next to my microphone. <laughs> and he's licking my toe. I'm gonna put Bobo outside. Hold on. <laughs> Bobo, no! Bobo, like, is the kind of cat that will just, like, lick you. Like, if he sees, if he's, like, close to any part of your body, he's just like, alright, I'm, it's time to fucking lick. Aren't you a baby boy? He's licking my nose now. Okay. I'm putting him outside. Sorry for the interruption. 
Mission unsuccessful. He immediately followed me right back into the room. Oh god, I unplugged my headphones. I've screwed everything up. <laughs> Guys, I'm beginning to think I might be a bad radio co-host. Everyone tell Lily that she's doing a great job. Thank you. <laughs> Listen, it's it's been a weekend, okay? I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm trying my best. We were... Okay. Ichigo is frustrated at needing to be protected, and he continues to die, his body heavy. Odahara approaches, carrying Yoruichi, and Ichigo looks up at him before falling unconscious. I liked this extended shot of Odahara, like, like facing up from Ichigo's perspective, just in the rain. I thought it was a good shot. Well, that and the light rain becoming, like, this huge, heavy downpour as Ichigo, like, like, he feels heavy and cold and, like... Basically, the adrenaline just drains out of him, and, like, he's no longer fighting, so he's just like, oh, it's done. And it's like, it's some real good atmospheric shit. Also, like, just before, when- He's 15. <laughs> he is- he is 15, and having some mean times. Some absolutely terrible times. Ichigo's no good, terrible, bad day. <laughs> um, Baby boy. <laughs> but the previous bit with Renji opening a gate to Soul Society with his Nada Keyblade- <laughs> like he's that. got a keyblade guys like he's got a keyblade yeah that's what i said i like i was watching it at like 10 ish last night no it was like 11 because i had to go get groceries welcome back to kingdom hearts cast <laughs> we were watching it at like 11 on the ipad that cedric brought home from work and like i was just like oh i didn't know i was watching the kingdom hearts anime <laughs> Time is a flat circle, and we cannot escape the gravity of Kingdom Hearts. We will never escape Kingdom Hearts. Nomura... Okay, now the real question here. This, this is a real talk, as an aside here. But this is definitely going in the show. Would Bleach be better if Nomura wrote it? No. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely like, not. Like, not even a little bit. A side over. <laughs> like, you'll notice Orihime got her one fight. She got a fight. Yeah, maybe a less weird genocide, one says. I don't even think that much. Later, Ichigo wakes up, realizing that his body no longer hurts, and he wonders if he's on the verge of death. He wakes up to find Tessai on top of him, and... Okay, like, was this supposed to be, like, a gay joke? I... I, I like... Like, I, I, the intention, I assume, the intention is either Tessai is a large, scary man, so waking up with him in your face is a terrifying experience, or it's like a shitty trans, uh, a shitty homophobic joke of, oh, another man is laying down on me. But in either case, it's like, bad. I wish this joke wasn't there, but in either case, like, the show doesn't really, like, it's, here's the joke, alright, and then they move on immediately, so it's like, it's hard to tell what humor they were going for, if any. Yeah, if 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 it is the like former of oh he's a big scary man, it reads really badly because like I mean Tessai is like one of the closest characters we have to being black in this show. And like that's bad. That's really bad if like the intention is to make Ichigo scared of him. But Well it's like this is a joke that they literally on they only ever do it so far with Tessai in chat. Yeah. And the other way is, 
yeah, I, I think the other way it can be read is homophobic. And either way, I just... The joke didn't need to be in the episode. I, I get that it was supposed to add levity, but honestly, like, it it's just not good. I appreciate that Ichigo just seems to be mostly surprised that someone is, like, on him, and then he just goes, alright, fine, like, whatever, just move on, tell me what's happening. <sighs> yeah. I, I think it, like, really ruined the momentum of this episode. But anyway, Ichigo pushes Tessai off and across the room... And then grips his shoulder in pain, wondering why he's still alive, realizing he's not even in his room. Urahara walks in and tells Ichigo not to move around as his wounds haven't fully closed. I did think this bit of Tessai, like, immediately getting into, like, a kneeling pose was kind of funny. But, like, only just because of the cartoon sound effect. I was still kind of reeling from the other joke. Well, it's like, it's a thing that Tessai has shown that every time Urahara, like, walks into the room... He, like, he immediately just takes a, oh yeah, here the owner's here, and then he's gonna sit and wait. This is true. I do like Tessai, I just wish they treated him better. Ichigo expresses frustration at his own failure, and asks if Uryu is okay. Urahara states that Uryu's wounds were not serious, and he was able to be healed on the spot. He had been worried about Ichigo when they left, and had apparently told Urahara that Ichigo is the only one who can beat the Soul Reapers. Then Urahara tells Ichigo that they can get to Soul Society. Ichigo demands to know how, and Urahara says he will only pass on the knowledge if Ichigo agrees to train with him for ten days. Ichigo is baffled, stating they need to act now, only for Urahara to tell him he will die if he goes now. He pushes Ichigo down with the cane, proving that Ichigo's soul can no longer leave his body, and revealing that he let him fight Renji and Byakuya so he could understand the difference in their power better than the words could explain. Yoderichi walks in and watches as Urahara explains that Soul Society typically waits one month before an execution, and that should hold true for Rukia as well. Ichigo is shocked at the mention of execution, and Urahara lays out the plan. Ten days to train, seven to open the gate, and thirteen within Soul Society. Hold on, seven and thirteen. We really are in Kingdom Hearts. Time is a flat circle. I just I just finished <laughs> saying that, and I'm saying it again. It really is a flat circle. <laughs> Plenty of time. Ichigo asks if he can truly become stronger in such a short period of time, and Urahara confirms this. He praises Ichigo's strong feelings and tells him to abandon all doubt. He stakes excitement at being able to bully Ichigo for ten days, and asks if Ichigo can play a game of life and death with him. Ichigo says yes, Urahara grins, and the episode ends. It's time for a training arc, hell yeah! Training, training, training! I liked the majority of this episode. I think the Urahara stuff is some of the weaker parts of the episode, but I also get why it needs to be there for, to set up the training arc. I just, I wish it hadn't opened with the shitty joke. Uh, and, like, I think it kind of killed the momentum the episode had going. I almost wish, like, the episode had ended on us, like, actually believing Ichigo died. Yeah, I could see that. That could have been a, a good thing. But at the same, like... I can also see them not wanting, uh, not wanting to waste time before getting into like the next arc proper because there's a lot of like they probably have a lot of material that they want to cover in a relatively short amount of episodes. This is also true. Where the manga differences like this week, Sam? So barely any. Uh, one thing is she, like during the when Rukia tries to stop Renji, she actually looks way cooler in the anime. Like holy shit. 
because she like she jumps puts her knee on the back of his neck and does like a cool arm bar uh to like stop him from swinging his sword in the manga she just kind of like leaps up and holds onto his arm like completely ineffectually it's not super interesting and that's basically it like <laughs> Like, for this sequence, for this episode, and the, this sequence of, like, four or five manga chapters, that's basically the only, like, real difference that I noticed. That's pretty surprising. Yeah, like, both the fact that there's barely, there there's barely any changes, but also, like, oh, the anime improved on the source material. This is, this is a rare thing. And not only did the anime improve on the source material, it improved on the source material with relation to Rukia. <laughs> like, like... This this is a miracle, and I do not expect it to happen anymore. I don't either. I'm just... I'm... We should at least mention, like... I like this episode, and I really like this setup for the next arc, but it is absolutely a damsel in distress situation, and, like, that much sucks. Yeah, like, if you are a fan of Rukia, I am sorry, but she's not doing much for the next 30 episodes. And that's a real shame. But, breaking news. The hot off the presses. In Blazeball, you can now purchase peanuts. Oh my god. Feed the players. What does it do? It lets you purchase a peanut, and then you can crack it open. And it'll say, very good. Nuts, 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 nuts. <laughs> I'm glad we voted for this. Also, I would like to mentioned that there is a there is a portion of the redact of the uh, forbidden book that says in chapter five redacted and you subsection e if at any time redacted a tone redacted one million they added a tone oh my god the plot thickens it's all coming together yeah previously it was just if if at it previously was just if at any time Long redacted section, one million peanuts. But now there's a tone in the middle. So. I'm gonna have to read the forbidden book and see if I can notice any other changes. Is this a new section? Several entities in the redacted. Oh yeah, the signatories have like some first letters added to some of the names. There's an A, an N, and an M. I still can't even log into Blazeball. Before we get into Blazeball talk, we should probably. We know the Blazeball game takes place on an immaterial plane. This is true. Before we get into Blazeball talk, we should probably take our break. By which I mean, we should talk about Blazeball off mic. <laughs> Play blind. The season starts on Monday and therefore concludes on Friday. Hmm. We'll be back in five minutes. Okay, so apparently Sam is going to call me out on something and I'm very scared. That's nothing big. So, let's get back into the recap with episode 18... Reclaim the power of the Shinigami. Hey, you've got now. Astute listeners may rem astute listeners may remember that last week. I was roasted for not saying the uh, name of the episode. But did you say the name of the episode this time, Lily? I did. It's Ichigo dies. In that case, I don't remember. I must have blanked out for three seconds. <laughs> I literally <laughs> do not remember. You were gonna call me out on something that I didn't even do, or in this case, I did do. We all make mistakes. <laughs> I will back up on Lily even though I do not remember Bryda. <laughs> I see how it is. I see how it is. <laughs> but as I said, at least I don't have bagged milk. <laughs> at least my milk can be legally sold in Canada. Yeah, well, 
Touche. I am neutral third party. <laughs> Hello and welcome back to Bleachcast, where Sam and I's friendship has ended. Uh, I will no longer be recording with Sam. Listen, we are getting better and better at this podcasting thing every week, by which I mean this has been one of the most off-topic episodes we've ever recorded. And that's, like, in comparison to last week, where I literally edited out, like, 20 to 30 minutes of us just talking about Digimon before even starting the episode. True. True. <laughs> so how about that baseball postseason? Anyway, this... <laughs> I mean, I have already purchased and eaten 15 peanuts. Hold on, I, I need to see if I can actually log in and purchase a peanut. I'm still getting a white screen. I'm not allowed peanuts. Lily is banned from baseball. Apparently. All right. So, so, let's get to the bleach in the bleach podcast. Let let us try and end this today. Lily Lee banned from baseball. <laughs> <laughs> so, episode eighteen of Bleach. At school the next day. Ichigo feels listless, unable to really focus- I'm sorry, but what's the title of this episode? <laughs> I said it earlier! <laughs> I know! <laughs> it's- It's Reclaim! Exclamation mark, the power of the Shinigami. Thank you! Now I know where we're at! <laughs> we hate professional podcasting. At school the next day, Ichigo feels listless, unable to really focus on the feeling of being at home with the knowledge that he was so soundly defeated. And almost killed. Worse still, his classmates don't remember Rukia at all, and we see everyone talking about summer plans while Ichigo ponders if returning to Soul Society means every evidence of your existence, every memory of you, fades to white. God, this is so heartbreaking! Like, Ichigo just, like, being around here, like, silently watching, and, like, nobody remembers her. I'm the only one, like... Am, am I going to fade away too? Like, that's some deep shit. Yeah, like, Ichigo's here having an existential crisis. Like, I really like this whole bit, because it's like, oh yeah, like, Rukia's only been here like a month and a half, but in that short month, despite her efforts to not integrate with any of Ichi with any of like Ichigo's social group, she did become important. Like, she is part of his friends. And now she's not there, and he's like, yo, shit's fucked, but... No one else thinks it's fucked, so it's just, like, a completely normal thing. There's also some, like, Keiko shit that doesn't really matter too much, but it's funny. And as Lynn says, a 15-year-old boy what is once again further traumatized by not protecting anyone, and nearly dying, and not having his new close friend being remembered by anyone. And now he has to be like, oh, she's getting an execution, too. Also, really quick, really, really quick aside... Just because, like, the execution was mentioned, and I forgot to mention this back then. I found it, like, weird that Renji, like, last episode was like, you'll add 20 years to your sentence if you touch him. But wouldn't he know that this is, like, punishable by death? Yeah, I mean, you can have an execution, but have it be scheduled for 20 years from now. I mean, yeah, but... Like, it can be, your sentence is either you get executed in a month, or you get really, really shit living condition in our prison for 20 years, and then we kill you. Yeah, I would still take the prolonged sentence. 
Yeah, I see it. I, f I feel like for Ichigo or Renji, like, as characters, that would probably seem, like, less good. But also, he doesn't necessarily... We'll get into it a little further, a uh, little further in. But Renji doesn't think the execution is actually gonna like happen. True, 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 true. Okay. Sorry for interrupting. We'll get back. Ichigo's teacher wishes everyone a good summer and ends the school year while Ichigo wonders if Ishida would remember Rukia, but he can't ask since he's not here today. Keiko attempts some tomfoolery and announces his seaside trip plans, but Ichigo's having none of it, saying he's got plans. Everyone else immediately shuts him down even his usual partner in crime, Mizuru. Like, everyone's like, I mean, I'm sure that sounds fun, Keigo, but you know what? Uh, pass. And one of the, like, the one girl in the French group who I always forget her name, uh, she, like, her, everyone else has plans. Her is, well, since the other girls aren't going, yeah, no thanks, pass. <laughs> her name's Michiru, by the way. Yeah, I'm just such a huge fan of her just being like, you know what? Nah. <laughs> like everyone else is like no sorry i have plans or i'm going to this big <laughs> athletic sports meet or i'm going with my older girlfriend and her 10 girlfriends and then she she's just like mm, alone with keigo no thanks i'm i'm gonna you know what? i'm gonna do literally anything else it's good we're good overall i just like really like this bit with keigo like i usually like some of the keigo jokes like, are just, like, really horny. And, like, this particular joke was really funny in that, like, he's like, hey, I have summer plans. Does anybody want to come with me? And everybody is just like, uh, no. That's the best. After school, Ichigo remarks on how nothing seems out of place even when Rukia's gone. The world keeps spinning without her, which gives him doubts, but before he can think too hard on it, Orihime asks him where Rukia is, and why everyone else seems to have forgotten her. He explains the whole thing off-screen, and Orihime tells him she's known about things since that time with her brother. She's grateful for Ichigo's help, and she then wonders about Rukia's friends and family on the other side, prompting Ichigo to explain the danger that she's actually in. She gives her best Ichigo impression, saying he probably already knows what he wants to do, and Ichigo confirms his resolve to bring Rukia back. She had a place here. Like, he's not hallucinating. Her presence here, like, actually happened. She had an impact on people. Also, I guess Chad is here. Hello, like, you just popped into the screen. <laughs> <laughs> like, Ichigo just exits stage left, and then it pans back to Arihime, and Chad is also there now. <laughs> I didn't even, like, think about it too much. I'm just like, oh yeah, it makes sense Chad would be here too. And, I don't know, I love Chad. Most of this was just Aiden and I talking about how much I love Chad. Like, I love that he just, like, shows up quietly, and it's like, also Chad is here. <laughs> uh, but really, like, this whole conversation is just some really good stuff. Like, I I wish the the framing of their conversation between, the like, between Ichigo and Orihime had been less, she probably has people she knows and loves on the other side, and, like, that's the reason there's a weird conflict we could bring her back, and more focused on... She told Ichigo not to come. She swore with tears in her eyes that she would never, ever forgive him. And yet he's preparing to go do just that. Yeah, it's it's a lot to take in. Because, like, Arihime starts, basically says, well, if you're going to go get her, well, like, she went there willingly to go see, like, her family and friends from, like, where she's from. And it's like, 
she's going to get executed. This is not the issue. <laughs> like, the problem that they should have, like, the, the, the tension between their relationship with Rukia should be focused on, she said, she's basically telling them, don't come get me, you're going to kill yourself if you do. Of course, she can't, like, really know that, like, Ichigo's, like, a special boy and is going to be extremely powerful. Like, she already has some idea that Ichigo's a very special boy, but th- no idea, like, just how special. Yeah. And oh, I'm also just, like, a huge fan of the little humor bit where is like, giving an Ichigo expression where she, like, <laughs> Me too. has just the- she has the biggest frown and she's like, my name's Ichigo, I'm gonna go to the Soul Society and get Rukia back, you know, when I first watched the show, I didn't really see, like, the chemistry between her and Ichigo, but I think they work really well together now, and, you know, I can see the romantic framing, like, eventually happening, but for now, I just think they're, like, really cute friends. Like, pretty much every time, and this is something that's come up in a couple of the of previous episodes, every time Orihime actually has a heart-to-heart with Tatsuki, with Ichigo... With Rukia, like, every time she has, like, a, t- a chance to just sit down and talk to someone, it's a good conversation. So, you know, put give us more Orihime, I guess, is the message here. Orihime's so good. She's a good character. Orihime's good. Let her be good for the rest of the show, please. Oh, yeah, and I guess we get, like, Yoroichi watches the... She, uh, Yoroichi watches from afar, quietly, but also, like, we changed Ichigo's house for, like, three seconds just for his sisters to complain that summer vacation has started, like, two minutes ago, and Ichigo is nowhere to be seen and is, like, leaving somewhere. I <laughs> like, love them. Yoroichi is so good. Yeah. Agreed. Back in Soul Society, a wounded Renji paces through the hall in a damn fashionable robe. Like, that's a really good robe. I want one. Damn, he's a lieutenant and he got feet? Continue. God. Unlocking a door to the prisons and interrupting another Shinigami's antics with a butterfly, despite being supposedly off-duty. He asks if Ruki is sulking, and when she responds she's not, he continues with, Well, if you're not sulking, why aren't you eating? Rukia adopts her formal speech with him, calling him vice-captain instead of using his name, and praising his strength and his weird eyebrows and his accomplishments. I love this. Like, I absolutely love it's so good. this part. Like, we mentioned previously that sometimes Rukia gets, like, kind of a, a sisterly vibe with Ichigo, and those are, like, some really good moments. This is 100% sibling energy between the two of them. Like, <laughs> where she's just like... Oh, you're a vice captain now. Well, excuse me. I'm just so impressed by how you've risen up in the ranks and how you've got you've gotten so strong and how you've managed to make your eyebrows look that way. They look real cool. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, oh my god, Rukia, please never stop, never change. You could immediately tell like that they at least used to be best friends. Which I really appreciate about this part. Yeah, like, they definitely have an energy where you're like, okay, like, Renji isn't just some random schmuck who is antagonistic towards her. Like, he has a history with her. Uh, Because of her teasing, he gets mad and he threatens her. And Rukia immediately, like, 180s and she calmly asks if she's going to die. He responds with, of course she is, but... When she accepts it easily, he tries to walk it back, calling it a joke. 
Renji tells her that they're worried about her, and that Captain Kuchiki is probably asking for clemency as they speak. Rukia seems doubtful, but Reggie is certain that an older brother would never let his sister die. And she responds with, No, he would kill me. I know full well what kind of man he is. And claims that in the 40 years... I will kill Byakuya. In the 40 years since she had been taken in by the uh, Byakuya household, he's, uh, by the Kuchige household, he's never like looked directly at her. And I'm like, damn... And, like, the way that her voice becomes so quiet and resigned, and then when she's talking about Byakuya, and there's, like, this big, like, noise as we see his profile appear on stream. Shitty big brothers will be slain. Watch your fucking back. He is the worst. <laughs> like, he is the worst, and the framing is really good at being, like, no, she's not just fucking with Renji here. This is, like, absolutely 100% something she believes. Like, he is... Definitely not asking for any sort of clemency for her. He's going to punish her to the full extent of the law, in this case, execution. It immediately, immediately sets up, like, one of the big driving conflicts of this season. Uh, this, like, upcoming season. Of, wow, Byakuya sure is a shitty brother. I hope, like, Rukia gets some sort of, like, some sort of solace with this because it's just i'm struggling to find words here it's a lot it's 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 kind of heartbreaking in a way like he like took her in to the clan but like can't hasn't even like looked at her like it's it's a lot to take in and it, it makes you wonder like who is Byakuya? Why did he do this shit? And, like, why does he treat Rukia this way? Why is he the person he is? And I think it's a really good setup for a villain. Yeah, like, it definitely gives, like... it Like, it brings up all those questions, and it's like, okay, well, now... Now I'm really invested in just knowing who he is. Like, okay, well, what's his deal? How shitty is he? Like, what's the story here? There's gotta be just... Like... There's gotta be stuff here. There's gotta be a history. And I hope we get to it sooner rather than later. At Urahara's shop, we see a giant, and I mean huge. Like, you could have an entire shonen fighting tournament arc in this area. Huge. Cavern. Underneath the store. And Ichigo is ready to undergo his first lesson with Urahara. He's shoved out of his body, just like, immediately, and just falls to one knee. Urahara explains that his soul sleep, which is the wellspring of his spiritual energy, and his soul chain, the booster, have been destroyed. Which basically means he's just a normal ghost right now, and that means step one, regaining his previous levels of spirit energy. He calls over to Ururu and tells Ichigo that the first lesson is a fight against her. The lesson ends when either of them are rendered immobile. Ichigo protests because he doesn't want to hit a little girl, and Uru gives him some, like, she gives him a little helmet and uh, fighting pads. And she's like, here you go. You'll die if you don't have protection. <laughs> she's like, I'm so glad this wasn't Jinta, just gotta say. Yeah, like, we got the good kid to do the cool stuff. Because as soon as she, like, she basically says this, and, like, three seconds later, she, like, dashes forward with a punch that, caught, that like, just explodes the ground. <laughs> and you're just like, oh... Oh, she's strong. Oh, no. And Tessa's like, oh, did she die already? 
we get some shenanigans while Kisuke tells Ichigo to shout out a Sentai-like catchphrase to activate the special headband. And Ichigo realizes pretty quickly that, like, no, this is just, like, a normal pad. Like, it's not actually going to help me. This isn't, like, real equipment for this situation. <laughs> like, it's... Ac- it's it's ca- so funny. It's, it's completely comical. And why are you, why are you like, make- trying to laugh at me while I'm in this life-or-death situation? Urahara, you awful, awful man. I'm 15 years old. <laughs> The face, he, the face he makes when he's like saying the line too is so funny. Ichigo starts like continues to run away from Ururu because he's not like he's not certain what he's what he needs to do because he's like oh god one hit from her is going to kill me. But then he realizes that since he's running away from her, it means he can deal with how fast she is. And because of that, he decides to go on the offensive, assuming that he can at least like. He can probably dodge her if he can... If he's fast enough to run away, that means he's fast enough to, like, dodge her. So he throws a couple of punches trying to graze her headband, because he still doesn't... He still doesn't want to actually hurt her. Unfortunately, he nicks her cheek and makes her bleed. And before he even pulls his arm back, the young girl is standing on his arm and delivering the most goddamn powerful kick right in his face. And he goes a-flying directly into the wall. (laughs) Thanks to a combo- I was really surprised because this is some of the best animation I think we've seen so far in this show. Both of these last two episodes have been really good for the fighting. Like, just some really solid stuff. It's, it's not, like, breathtaking by any means, but it's, like, for the show we have been watching, it is some of the better, like, animation. And I really appreciate that Ududu gets some of that. It's, it's good stuff. 100%. And also, like, wh- when the dust settles and we see, like, the r- what happened after the kick, we see that, turns out, Urahara had, like, caught her kick, so she barely touched Ichigo, and sent him f- and still sent him flying. And ten- Tessai, like, jumped behind him and used his body to protect him from the wall, so he wasn't seriously hurt by the attack. But it's like, these two layers of protections happened, and he still flew directly towards the wall. Ururu devastating <laughs> combat baby. <laughs> yeah, like she might she might be the strongest fighter we've seen on screen except for Byakuya. Although, you know, perhaps she would even have a chance against Byakuya himself. <laughs> Maybe. I want to see that fight. Bleach, where's that fight? Hey, Tutekubo, give us the rights. Ichigo immediately asks for another go, but is instead told that lesson one is cleared. The lesson wasn't actually about taking Ududu out. After all, she's got skills made to counter Soul Reapers, so a normal spirit would never be able to actually beat her. It was just to get Ichigo to dodge the first hit. Since it was strong enough to kill him, the dangerous situation made his body react by increasing his spirit out of desperation. And it's like, oh, well... Cool that this may, like, by dodging, I was able to regain, more or less, like, my level of spirit energy. But also, if I couldn't have dodged, I would have died. Ur- Urahara, <laughs> this kid is 15 years old. Like, like, what are you doing? Aiden did point out to me that this is a huge shonen trope of, hey, we're gonna do this training arc, and if you fuck up, you die. And- it- Urahara, you either die or you die. <laughs> It's true, but I also really like this, and I really like Urahara's framing here. 
Uh, like this this entire encounter like just that fight it's a lot shorter than when i th- like i thought it lasted for an episode maybe two so it's a lot shorter than what i remember but it's crazy good and also i love like ururu's little mushroom cap helmet that she has like it's adorable it's so cute <laughs> i was like oh <laughs> i love it and she even has like these little like polka dot boxing gloves it's so cute she proves that you can be a stone cold killer and still look adorable I'm I'm so glad Jinta has no speaking lines this episode, I'm pretty sure. I, I think he has, like, one throwaway line when he's like, oh, I guess Ichigo's dead. True. We shift to see Yoroichi talking to Chad and Orihime, and offering them lessons to increase their own powers. Both of them want to help Ichigo, and both of them want to save Rukia, so they decide to take the lesson. Then we cut to a secluded waterfall where Ichido was preparing himself to train, Yoroichi having found him. He doesn't take the fact- Just gonna quick aside here. Sorry to interrupt. Just gonna really, really quick aside here. One of the shots in this waterfall scene, I absolutely 100% believe if they had been allowed to, the animators would have actually drawn, like, or he made sure, like, a bit more transparent because her boobs are, like, suction cupped to it. it. It's really bad. Yeah, she does. She has like a bad case of boob socks for this entire scene, which is a shame. Like, stop doing that. She's fifteen. Please stop. So, Ishida like doesn't take the fact that Yoroichi is talking super well, which surprises Orihime. But Chad is like, mm, no, like talking cats are weird. Like, like you're Orihime. Like this isn't a normal thing, and it's it's normal for people to be weirded out. This ta- this cat is talking at us. This cat talks at us and. Sounds like an old man. <laughs> Just want to say, I think it's really funny that Chad had not much problem with the talking parakeet with the spirit inside of it. But cats? That's where Chad draws the line. <laughs> yeah, the sub, uh, as Lynn points out, uh, the subs on Crunchyroll say, talking cats would give anyone minor emotional trauma. Yeah! <laughs> it's like, Chad, are, are you okay? Did you have like a bad experience with cats in the past? <laughs> Also, earlier, like, during the Ururu fight, like, Ichigo says cripes, which I think is really funny. Yoruichi responds that men have such a hard time adapting to things, and they all explain to Ichida Ichigo's plan to go to Soul Society. Ichida says it's got nothing to do with him, and his training is just because he was defeated by a Soul Reaper and he wants to be stronger. It's not related to Rukia at all. There's, like, this tense silence immediately after and Arihime says she's gonna try her best with the training as they and that also Ishida is um she basically says like you've got your own battles and you're fighting them in your your own way all right fine that's cool I'm gonna go do this training and do my best and it's basically just like it's the consistence of Arihime having like just this emotional intelligence whenever she talks to other people and they're trying to not tell her things and she's like oh i get it it's cool this character is so good (laughs) arahime is like one of my favorite characters and i am really surprised by this because like i don't know i just really wasn't expecting orihime to be a character at all but like she is here she, like, early on, Orihime is a character, and I'm really glad. As they leave, Ishida explains that he can't let anyone see his training, 
asking his sensei to watch over him while opening a small box that bathes him in light. Back with Ichigo, he's told that the next step of training starts now, and his uh, his soul chain gets cut by a giant axe that Tessai has. Just, uh, whoops. Oh, by the way, we cut your chain, so if you stay like this, you're gonna turn into a hollow. And if you don't want to turn into a hollow, you know, just become a soul reaper again. That's it. That's all. That's all. That's all you have to do. Lesson two, become a soul reaper again. <laughs> and there's a phenomenal gag where Urahara like points behind him and he's like, and now we're off to lesson two, go! And he points away from Ichigo. And then just the entire floor underneath Ichigo like drops out and he falls down the deepest pit to hell. Like it's just this, it's like this <laughs> 150 foot drop. Urahara. You either die or you die. Shrugs. <laughs> I love the like little reveal that Ururu has like the shovel. Yeah, it's like it's it looks like a like an endless pit for a couple of seconds, and Ururu is like, "I did my best." Yeah, it's <laughs> like you go, Ururu. Ururu is doing a great job. Ururu is the best character in this episode. Don't at me. Ichigo wakes up at the bottom of the pit, his arms sealed completely by a binding spell cast by Tessai. Urahara tells him to climb up and out of the pit. Oh, and by the way, uh, your chain's gonna eat itself, and it's the most horrifying thing ever, and I hate it. I hate this chain. It is the worst. It's so scary. Like, it's got these, like... Like, it's got all these mouths and, like, just these faceless teeth. And then they add in, like, the most terrifying crunching noise when it starts, eat, like, biting itself. And it's like, oh, God, this chain alone is, like, top ten horror monsters. Bleach is at times a good horror anime. For real! I wish Bleach leaned into horror more later. Urahara says that at the bottom of the shaft, Ichigo has three days to come up before he turns into a hollow. And if he does, well, the store crew has to kill him. Good luck. <laughs> and the episode ends there. <laughs> it's like, oh, oh god. He really does say, if you die, you die. For real. It It's a really interesting... It's a really interesting place for Ichigo to be, and it's really, really scary. Good. And just like... What were the manga changes this week like? So... In the in the manga, there is a line that makes it explicit that Renji got his promotion after Rukia was gone. So he's only been a vice captain for two months or less. Which okay. which I thought was kind of an interesting thing. But also, the other the other thing they is that they they have a slightly different framing when Rukia's talking about how uh is not going to help her. Because she doesn't say he won't help. Um uh, like, when he, when Renji says, is not going to let them kill you. He's your brother. In the anime, she says, no, he won't help. In the anime, she says, er, in the manga, she says, you're right. He won't stand by and let me be killed. He'll kill me himself. That seems like a better line. But and that also, I, I would chalk that up to a translation difference. Yeah, but it's like, just like the impact that line had, I was like, oh my god, Byakuya. Like, holy shit, someone stop this man. <laughs> and then the- Byakuya, I will kill you. Be prepared, bitch boy. <laughs> and then the one other bit that I noted from the manga is 
there is this there is this line from Ichigo that like I had to stop and just take a moment and then read again to make sure that I had read it properly because it's after the after the end of lesson 1 and when Urahara is like oh yeah no you were fine your performance was absolutely perfect you survived and that's what mattered his response was ba- was and I quote she beat me like I owed her money how did I pass the test Oh my god. I'm like, damn. That is definitely one way to put it. Yeah, overall, like, I really like this episode. I uh, I was entirely and completely horrified by the end with the chain. Because seriously, if... Me too! If, like, it is, like, it is cr- really creepy in the, in the manga. Because Kubo does horror really well. And it's goddamn terrifying. But the sound they added to the anime of the of the chain like eating itself and just like that that click clacking cracking thing, it's like, oh my god. <laughs> this is the sound of nightmares right here. I really like both of these episodes. I was surprised that I think I liked the second one more than the first one. Uh but like I think I think the humor was a little bit better balanced with this episode. Uh, whereas, like, the humor in the last episode, I felt kind of, like, lessened the impact a little bit. I I still feel it kind of ruined the momentum it had going for it. Oh, the sad music in the first episode was heart-wrenching. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I think both episodes this week were really good, and I think, like, this is what Bleach should aspire to, is to be as good as these two episodes. When the violence swelled my heart. Same. It me too, Len. Yeah, like the first episode is essentially like one really cool action scene and a really like emotionally heavy scene. Momentum comes to a screeching halt with like one random joke, and then some pretty good slash okay like exposition and like laying out of stakes. But then the second episode, I feel, is like here's a lot there's a lot of emotional stuff we get some emotional stuff with ichigo we get some really good emotional beats with rukia there's a little bit of humor on both and it's like it's really good jokes that just feel that come naturally like in between like the more heavy beats and then we get the stuff with arihime and just like that emotional intelligence that she has with regards to ichigo and ishida and then we have like the really cool badass ururu fight which is interspersed like Cool action moments, really funny gags, like, just great comedic timing. And then, oh, also, by the way, we're ending this episode on, like, one of the most horrifying things we're showing in the show. Yeah. It's it's absolutely what Bleach should aspire to be. I want to... I'm... Where I am landing... Where I'm landing so far for us leading into this next big arc is... I'm, I'm going in already knowing about the damsel of distress shit... I'm really, really hoping that I'm going to come away positive on this on this next arc. I'm so far I'm liking the setup and I'm enjoying the characterization we're getting. Yeah, like we're like so right now at the very start. Well, at kind of, we're kind of like in between the arcs essentially, but like right before we're starting like the next arc, or I guess we could consider the next arc to be like after this little training thing, but. Like, Bleach is at its strongest it's ever been in the show so far. 
So it's like, okay. Absolutely. I hope that this energy and quality, like, carries in. I know that, like, I feel like I remember some rough spots going in, but I'm hoping those are, like, either some bad, uh, like, some fuzzy memories, or maybe I just didn't catch some stuff, and maybe it's actually really good going on. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. We'll see. I think we should probably wrap up the episode. I'm your co-host, Lily. You can find me on Twitter at Lavender underscore Paws. I'm Sam. My Twitter's at SSBSLJ. You can find me on my Insta at Lord underscore Lake. You can also find us on Twitter at BleachCast or email us at IWOBleachCast at gmail.com if you have any questions or comments about the show. You can also just, if you're in the Friends of the Table chat, where basically I believe our primary fan base is at this moment, you can just DM us on Discord if you have any questions, concerns, anything you want to talk about the show. Or you can just add us in the server. I don't mind at all. Uh, I don't know if Sam minds. I'm assuming not. That's all good. We Uh, want feedback. We want feedback. Yeah, we love feedback. Like, criticism, enjoyment, feedback of all kinds is welcome. We appreciate everybody for listening to the show. And we'll catch you all next week. Stay cool, Chads. Stay cool, Chads. And also, I might have a giveaway at some point in the future. (laughs) Sam with all the teases. That's scary. Stay cool, Chads. さ、さえてくれる人たちに日頃の一人じゃない、ほら見た。互いに支え合ってくのさ。いつもささえてくれる人たちに日頃の想いを込めてラップされ。アプリシエーションな気持ちよ。どうどうけ。いつもありがとう。本当はありがとう。たとえどこに立って